Good morning, gentlemen. So we are on Lamed Dalit Amid Beis, 34b, and we're continuing on with the Kohen Gadol Yom Kippur morning. So Heviu Lebeza Parva. It's interesting. It sounds like he had an escort. You know, they, they were walking him around. I mean, they had, to keep, they had to keep him on schedule. They took care of him. They brought everything for him, and they, they brought him the cow, and they brought him the sheep, and they... Because, uh, again, it was... Uh, he had to do everything, but they had to coordinate it with him. So Heviu, they brought him to the Beza Parva, which is actually a roof. Um, uh, the picture book had showed steps. It's interesting. Because otherwise, how would you get to the roof? But I don't know if they have a source for that or not. I don't know how good the picture book is. But uh, they brought him to the roof of the house of the Parva. And where was this uh, mikveh located? Ubekodesh Haisa. It was in the Azar itself. It's just very interesting. Also, you had the mikveh up there. Pirsu sat in Shobutz, uh, and uh, they put out the white cloth, the linen cloth, Beinola Beinam. And again, at Yom Kippur, that's really the meaning of white, is to remember the, uh, um, you know, the, 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 the service of the white. That's why we wear white yarmulkes, and women wear white dresses, and that's, that's the, even the cloth that they spread out for privacy was the linen cloth. Uh, and he washes his hands and feet and then he takes off his clothes so it's interesting, he hasn't done anything yet he's just about to take off his clothes and this view holds that you wash before you take off um, maybe that's uh, uh, you, um, well, before you change that's the time to sanctify yourself before you make the change um, Person has to be aware when changes happen, that's a time to be on guard. So maybe you got to wash first. Remeir, he held no pashat. He says, first you take off the clothes and then you wash the hands and feet without the clothes on. Uh, and then you go to the mikveh, tavavola, and then you come up and this stop big and then you dry. And uh, we also mentioned that it's interesting that it mentions drying. It's not so clear why. Certain things that are obvious that you would expect, you don't have to mention that, that you dry the clothes, because of course you dry. If you're wet, you dry. Unless they didn't want to, you ha he had to dry. Meaning like, you don't want the coin guttle clothes to stick to him when he's wet. Maybe that's not good. Uh, hey, below, big day loving. I thought it was also a chatzitza issue. Why yeah, would it be, the wet. water would be a chatzitza if it was wet? That's what, that's what I saw somewhere. I see. When we first saw this. Uh-huh. Okay. He wants to say if, uh, if he's wet, uh, then he, the coin got a part of his avoda was putting on his big day kahuna. And so if he's wet, he's got the water in between his body and the big day kahuna. That's an interesting spara. Why does he have to worry about it for people? Um... Rabbi Golding, they're all asking questions on you. <laughs> that, okay, that's fine. All uh, right. <laughs> uh, but so it's, it's interesting that it mentions it. Okay, so heavy low big day lovin. So they then they bring him his white clothes lovish. He washes. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then they they wash. Uh, he washes again. So now this procedure takes place twice, meaning that at least well it's five times, but. The two of the times he puts on the whites. So was it the same white or not? So actually we're going to see that in the morning he went into the Holy of Holies and he gets atonement for Klau Yisrael. And this is the moment that, you know, that's, uh, in the Bayashedi, they, uh, there's a view they tied a rope to their feet because it's not so simple to, to meet the Vida uh, Kaddish Baruch and come into the holiest place of the world and uh, make it out alive. 
if you especially if you bought the position, you know, you didn't earn the position. So uh, the uh, the morning service was really very significant. Uh, that was that was that was the moment to see would he survive the morning. The uh, the second time he went in, it was just to remove the leftover shovel and uh, incense pan that were waiting for the incense to finish burning. And so he just goes in to pull them out. It's really just a removal job. The job was done. So the second part of the, the second time he puts on the whites, it's less significant. Also more likely to get dirty, the whites. Seems to be when you remove ashes and you're wearing all white clothing, not a good idea. Like I never understood people that could wear like, you know, white couches and white suits and white carpet. It's how do you keep it clean? Yeah, so you got the Kangaroo who's in white and he's removing ashes and he's removing shovels. Uh, and he's, uh, but at uh, any rate. Uh, remind him like Takrichin, life and death, you know? Yes, so there's, there's a dual view. Either it's Takrichin, life and death, or it's angels, which is also certain, you know, like, like an angel is also thought of as white, like pure without sin. But um, so, uh, the, so this view says, uh, everybody agrees that the morning uh, going in the Holy of Holies is the more important. And so therefore, uh, they had, now you wore two different sets of clothes. Uh, and so the morning linens were more expensive than the afternoon linens, than the later linens. So in the morning, now the Mishnah goes into great detail, which is strange. Like you, you wouldn't think you need to know the wardrobe budget of the coin guttle for the linens. <laughs> Whatever. It was, in fact, that was the simple one. The white garment was much less than the gold, right? But it tells us. Uh, he wore the fancy white linen worth 12 mana. And in the second time, he wore the Hindu garments, which Rashi says was the Hinduian, was the Indian, uh, which was 800 zoos, uh, which was less. Divir of Mer. Why did they switch from mana to zoos? A great question. That's Tosa's question over here on tomorrow's page, today's page. Um, now, th- this is the shocker. Look, let's go switch to the Tosus, because uh, you asked a great question, Michael, on, on Lamed Hay, second from the bottom. So right over here, Tosus has the question, and this is the shocker. Lo yadana amai lo komer shoches mana. Tosus says, I don't know. I don't know why it says... It should have just said eight mana. Have you ever seen a toast that says, I don't know? <laughs> it's always like, a, it's amazing. Like a, it's a, he, he starts that off with, I don't know. Like a, but a, so I, I, he then goes on, they have some, some possible ideas, but it's just interesting that he says, I don't know. That's a, um, but at any rate, back to the mark. Okay, back to the Mishnah. Uh, so the, the second time, though, was less than the first. Were coins by weight or by printed? They were all same universal weight, or they weren't. They were universal, but once they were worn, then it was worth less. So like, it could be the smaller amounts you had more coins, they'll be likely to have a bigger shift in value. So it's not exactly the same equivalent of saying the larger amount of value. Hmm. You're saying especially 800 zoos sounds like a lot of coins. Right, so they've been worn down a lot. Do you think they had bigger, um, in other words, the 800 zoos, they had bigger, like a $100 bill or I whatever? Was it, was it 800 pounds? You know, Someone in JTS wrote a book over there, sure. Yeah. You could buy two goats for, you know, you know for, so 800 zoos is actually sounds like a lot of money. You, know, you could have a whole herd of goats for that. A lot of coins to figure out the value of. Yeah. 
um, he has a different amount. He said in the morning was even more expensive. Now, it tells you about budgeting. Um, the bottom line was there was a set amount that they budgeted for it, and Cohen Gadol had to make it work. It had, you had 30 mana to deal with. And they'd speak out that you could play with it a little bit. In other words, it didn't have to be 18 and 12. It could have been 16 and 14, as long as the morning was worth more. That, that's what the Mephoshim speak out. Um, that's Eilu Michel Tibor. That's how much uh, money he got for wardrobe allowance from the community. Now, Kohen Gadol, he didn't want to wear the cheaper linen. You know, he wants to add and have more expensive. So, Moshe Michelo, he's welcome to add from his own. Now, we'll see. Wouldn't you say, why not? Well, there is a big why not, because the Kohen Gadol is our representative, and the, he's, uh, he's, he's us, and we're paying for it, so he can't have a bigger share in the service than us. So we'll see in the Gemara, we've had this before, that he has to, if he wants to add, he has to give it to the community, and then the community gives it back to him to pay for it. So, um, so that he's adding from himself, but it's really, uh, he's adding from us. Okay, let's see the Gemara, and we finally get to the mystery. What kind of name is Parva? It's funny to us because in Yiddish, Parva means not milchik or fleshing, but this has nothing to do with that. Uh, so who, why did it get a name Parva? And you have to have a name in the, in, the, in the Chumash, really. It doesn't say Parva in the Chumash. There are some people that learn it's connected to par, uh, uh, Para, like how. That they, you know, but uh, it's, uh, we, our, our tradition is it's Parva. So Om Reb Yosef, Parva Amgushi. Uh, Parva was a witch. A sorcerer. Um, and uh, so, Tosos, Rashi, it's interesting, Rashi doesn't tell us much. Rashi says, Mekashev Echad Banu Vishmo Parva. It was built by a witch uh, sorcerer, and his name was Parva. So, um, the way I understood it was this. The, uh, these, uh, the, uh, the Kohen Gadol, there, at, at one time, there was a very primitive <coughs> structure there. Somebody claimed to be very generous and wanted to donate the big bucks to build the nice chamber for the Kohen Gadol and the Mikvah, but he had an agenda. He, in the building, he was uh, secretly hoping to sneak into the Holy of Holies to get a view. Um, and so that, that, was the, that was the history of the Meza Parva. But it was called Meza Parva because Rashi said he built it. Um, he, he, so we thought he was being generous, but he really got, had the interest in doing it to sneak. Let's see the Tosas. Tosas gives us a little more information. Parva was Amgushi. Uh, it's, the, the, it's the first Tosas on the page. Uh, I mentioned yesterday there was a big discussion about the putting of the metal in the water, uh, whether it tempers the metal and, and um, whether that's, uh, even though that's not your intent. So the, the issue of when something that's not intended on Shabbos is okay is a complex issue. Uh, so in other words, like uh, sometimes a person walks on the sidewalk and he might kill some ants. So you say that's Dover Shainimus Kavan, you don't intend. So is that always okay? When is it okay? Um, sometimes the motor of the, uh, when you open the fridge, the motor goes on. Is that intended? Is it not intended? Like, so it's a big subject. And Tosos begins that, a little bit of discussion on that if you have spare time. But let's look at the, uh, the finish the next doses on Parva. Some people say, 
he was digging tunnels. I'm like Hamas already. He's digging tunnels down to the ground. Ad Shiira Avodas Kangadol. He wanted to sneak and do an underground tunnel into the uh, uh, into the Holy of Holies, so he could see uh, when no one else was allowed to be in there. Begishu Hakohanim Bechafira, and the Kohanim weren't stupid. They heard digging going on. Umatzu, and they found him. Mikora Oso Lishko Aushmo, and that's why it got the name Beza Parva because of him. So the question is, why would you name it after the? Not to name it. Right, right. So um, sometimes things happen not because you choose to. It just happens to be that over time people called it the Parva House. The name stuck. The name stuck, right. And so maybe it wasn't with intention. It's just everybody, because that was the place where they, everybody wanted to see where the secret tunnel was or where he was, uh, uh, was up to it. But, I wonder uh, whether it got that name before they discovered him digging. Mm-hmm. He donated it. The name was on it. Then they right. Digging right. And now the name already stuck. right, so that's the way Rashi seemed to be. But then Tosas seemed to come from a different area. Like Tos- Rashi mentions that he built it, and then Tosas mentions that he was digging underneath. So you, yeah, you no, combine no, the two no, together. No, yeah. Thing, you know, if you say, right, they thought he was like, a generous guy, and you really. Say like Tosas, it's hard to understand why. Yeah. And you say that they discovered it right away. Mm-hmm. It's hard to understand why they would have given it that name. Mm-hmm. But if you say that he was generous and he built it, mm-hmm. and it got that name, and then they discovered what his real intent was after it already had that name and people knew it by that name, mm-hmm. then okay. it's easier to understand how that name could have stuck. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, we do have a concept that uh, why don't we see much magic today? You know, the ancients all believed in magic. They all thought that there were, it existed. And that today, we, you know, as far as I know, there's not too much hocus-pocus going on or uh, too many witches being burnt in Salem or whatever. So what? So there's a Masorah that, that when there was a powers of holiness, there existed also powers of unholiness. That there has to be a balance in the world. So we had Nevoa and we had... So there, uh, there, there. So the ultimate holiness was the Kohen Gadol. So the powers, the dark side, which is uh, was the one who made sure we have no gasoline, whatever the uh, the dark. I think that was the name of the group that locked up the. Uh, it's called the dark side, but the dark side also means like the powers of unholiness were trying to get stop the powers of holiness. They were trying to do something to the Kohen Gadol because they recognized. That's the ultimate holiness in the world. That's the ultimate kedusha. Was the so that's why they they went to this great you know to dig the tunnel and try to get there in the in the base of Parva. Well, it was done later, but that's how I mean censored from the Gemara. But in Sanhedrin, that whole big dot that's missing was how Yashka carved the name of the coin when the coin Gadol said it's the. the mm-hmm. That's how we did all the stuff. I see. Uh-huh. Okay. But they uh, cut that piece out. I see. Okay, so let's see the Gemara. So. Then we said that they had a linen privacy cloth. My and shabuts, maishna Why did it have to be linen? You could make a privacy uh, blanket or whatever sheet out anything. big day boots. It's all to remind us of the Yom Kippur service. in the morning was eighteen. Well, we, we usually were pretty good at adding. We could have figured out if the morning was eighteen and the afternoon was twelve. It's thirty. We could add eighteen and twelve. the that they, they weren't cheap. You don't do less than that. So the Mora said, I um, uh, if, he, uh, if you can't do less, 
the tvei ahani lespo. Um, uh, if you can't do less and you can't do more, so what is it coming to teach you? The kuli alma miu adifa. The bottom line is though that the morning was more important. Uh, the the uh, was a fancier one than the evening ones. Manala, and how do we know it? Where is the source for that? It says like this. Bad, bad, bad. It says bad, 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 bad. Four times. <laughs> Not in the same Pasuk. It says four times. Bad, bad, bad. Rashi. Four times it emphasizes uh, wearing these fine linens. The bad means the best bad. The best bad you could get. Uh, so it, since it emphasizes bad, you get bad. You get the really good bad. There's the, it, it, it's interesting. In all things, you can get the top of the line. You know, there's a, um, it, you know, sometimes they, you know you have sheets, and each sheet wants to convince you that theirs is the fi- the most the finest Egyptian linen with the the most strings and the and you yeah, think yeah. you got the fanciest, and then someone else will have one that's even more expensive that uh, that uh, you, now you have access to the ones that the royals wear. That you know that the that, that's the advertisement, but apparently it exists. Apparently there is a finer linen. That's the point. There's could it also be a thicker linen so that people wouldn't see his. Outline of his body. Uh, we'll see. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, apparently, the expensive stuff could also be thin. Oh. Um, but uh, in other words, I guess we're just asking why would some cost more than others? Is it softer? <laughs> like, what are you paying for? Right. Right. Yeah. A designer. So, right. So, but anyway, uh, we see from the, the bod, you get the best one available as we turn the page. Mace where's the question? Well, what the community would pay for. Right. right. It still wasn't necessarily. That's a good point. I, I wonder if they, they, you can always find someone a little charge you more, but they're, what they're trying to say was 30 was enough to get, you know, really good. Get you. Good morning, Steve. So we're on, uh, right now we're turning the page on 35B. And we're talking about the, the linen clothing that the Klein Gadol wore. And we're saying that the morning clothes were the best. There's a question from Love Shubat in the room. Uh, it says that they wore different clothes. Will you catch you on big dayhem? This is uh, referencing the Klein Gadol's uh, clothes, and it sounds like the second set of clothes are acherim means like better. So it sounds like not that the first set was the best, but the second set. So Morris said, "No, lo No, the word acherim different doesn't mean different and better. It could mean different and worse. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's the that was just the uh, uh, the question. Um, the uh, he's coming back in the afternoon and he's changing and that's the the pasuk. It means different, but it doesn't mean better. Okay. Tani Ravuna, Bayuda Amar Leivish, Mo Bayuda Amar Shekosa Avoda Sibor. It says if the um, the second time, um, uh, well. If the um, if the money that was given by the community is used up, in other words, he spent it all on the uh, on the first set of linens. The uh, let's read this right. If the money was all spent 
uh, on the first wardrobe. So then the Kohen could have his mother make him the garment for the second, uh, second uh, time. So he could have his, he could bring from home. And uh, we talked about this, that um, the idea that, uh, that going back to Shmuel Hanavi, who was the, the greatest in Klau Yisrael, he was compared to Moshe and Aaron. And uh, part of his greatness is mentioned that his mother made his clothing for him. Because she, Chana, we all know that he came about because of his mother's tears, of her tefillahs and, her, uh, and uh, her attention to him. So the fact when she made his clothing with all her love and all her tefillah, and he wore those clothing, he became who he was because he wore the garment that showed his mother's love to him. So therefore, the, this concept of a Kohen wearing a garment that his mother wove was, was, is, exists in Chazal. So, mm-hmm. Limited to the mother? Could it be his wife? Yeah, yeah, it could be anybody, right. It just mentions there that the, um, Shmuel was, when he, when he started, he didn't have a wife. He was young. Uh, he was, she brought him there as a kid. But, uh, he probably wasn't in the mood once they had some uh, two say, wives put in there. So, <laughs> yeah, no, no so you're asking a question, you're giving the answer, right? So <laughs> he's asking that wouldn't, at this stage of the game, especially if Kohen was older, why would his mother be the one to, great question, well, I saw that actually, why would the mother be the one donating wouldn't the, uh, wouldn't the wife be the... And you're giving an answer. Well, you know, since he's always thinking about the replacement, that maybe she's not going to... Uh, but uh, uh, that, uh, So um, I, the answer I saw was fascinating, but I, I didn't have time to digest it. There's discussion that the mothers of the Kohanim Godolim were worried uh, because the murderers were all um, uh, hoping to get out of the cities of refuge. And so they, uh, they were davening on, on, on Yom Kippur that this coin got to uh, go kaput, you know, that he uh, not, so they get out. And so uh, they, we find that they had the Women's Prisoners League. They used to donate to the prisons to make the, the cities a refuge. Uh, so they, it sounds like there was something about the mothers being worried. Um, there's something about uh, the mothers buying uh, a garment that uh, it brings forgiveness, or that the mother is worried about the coin guttel, that the mothers worry about their sons, the coin guttel, or something. Uh, so that, that's what they want to connect it to somehow. But somehow the mother was involved in it, and rather more so than the wives mentioned the mother rather than the wife. Okay. But at any rate, so, uh, but if they wanted to, that could be done. Uh, and Avodas Yachid, even though it's the private service, it's really not a private service. It's just the removal of the um, of the shovel and the the ash pan that was left there. Let's see the Rashi Avodas Yachid right in the middle of the page. Avodas Yachid Hotsas Kafu Machta. It's removing the shovel and the incense pan. Ain't Sricha Litzibor. There really, it's the second service was very. Uh, um, it, was, it wasn't really a requirement that the community needed the Kohen Gadol to do. In other words, usually he was performing a service for Klau Yisrael. Over here, he's only going back in so that you don't leave the dirty shovel and the ash pan in there all year round. And he's already allowed on Yom Kippur to go in, to put it in, so now he needs to remove it. Uh, you're supposed to clean up after yourself. That's really the, the, the deeper message that, uh, um, you know, when a person sins or he makes a mistake and he gets dirty to clean up after yourself. But this Avoda was just cleaning up after himself. So they asked that. Yeah. How could he that, take it out? 
still going. Yeah, well, the incense was still, right, the incense was burning, but couldn't, oh. he, so when they ask about the shovel, uh-huh. couldn't he have taken at least the shovel out, you know, like, uh, but he's got to come back for the incense ban, so, uh, and uh, um, couldn't he leave it in there till next year, it would be nice, you know, you don't leave your, your leftover shovel for all year round, so he goes back in. Right, right. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. It's sitting on this little whatever. Pedestal or whatever, yeah. Floor, floor, floor. But they all talk about this. I saw this in the Masifta. They have this discussion. Let's finish your Rashi. This, this is called the Vos. As far as the community is concerned, this doesn't really help them that the kind Gadol goes back and pulls out the shovel. And, and even though you want your Holy of Holies to be in, you know, not leftover uh, incense pan, but it's not a Navoda Sibor. Lafisha Mutelis love, but since he's required to do it, Lifna says, he's the one who put it there. You put it there, you bring it out. Lafika Kari That's why it's called a private thing. So that, that's just referring to the second service where the kind Gadol would go in and uh, remove the uh, the shovel and the ash pan. Well, we couldn't wear his mother's clothing for the regular voters, though, right? That's interesting. It doesn't. It does. It seems like we're more lenient for the second part. Uh, the question is why. I mean, you, you, you're right. In other words, why? Could, so I think it's just because he's representing the tzibur. It was better to wear the uh, use the money for the tzibur. The the first service that came from the tzibur. The second service, which was not so important, they let the mothers do that. Right. That could be why all the coins. Because remember. Um, Whoever right, Rambo, right. They right. wanted him to use that money for these types of things. More coins. Oh, very good. Right. Represents the people. Us, I know? see. Right. You got everybody's dollar there, that's right? That's I right. That. I helped contribute yeah, to that. That's right. Okay. Very good. That's a good spark. So um, the more says Pshita. I mean, uh, since when do why, why wouldn't we let the mother? You know, if the mother wants to buy him a nice coin clothes, why not? So the more said Yafa Yafa. Well, maybe. Uh, maybe she'll still perceive that it's hers. Mm-hmm. That, you know, if another kind Gadol comes in and he wants to, you know, this was for my son. But uh, once you give it to the community, it's theirs. So you might have thought that there's still strings attached. It's Kamash Malan that, no, if she does it, you let it. Omar Olav, Arub Shmuel Ben Pavi, there was a famous kind Gadol, very wealthy guy. Uh, his mother made him a linen garment shomeya mana, a hundred mana. So we had eighteen mana. This is five times the cost of the most expensive. More valuable than the morning one, I thought I don't know. Well, um, is it not allowed, or is it that that you're supposed to? Sh- the community spends more money on the morning one, uh-huh. but if the mother wants to spend more. I don't know, and and uh, maybe she was she able to add to the morning one. That's a good point. Um, Could he die when he's going in to clean it out, or just when he's going in to offer it? I imagine any time, but yeah, I don't know. That's going, that. No, because it could be that if, if your mother makes it, you're distracted. You think about your mother. You can't. I mean, it could it could easily distract the coin from. So the first service, everybody was waiting with bated breath, because that was where, whether Claudius Rowe would get atonement. Um, and so they and they couldn't continue the service till he came out. So the first time, if he wouldn't, you know, they were all waiting. Like you know, that was a big, uh, big thing. Second time, I don't know. Amar So his mother made. Uh, so that was the um, that was Rabbi Shmuel ben Pavi. His mother's one. She paid a hundred mana for him to do it. 
Omar Olav al Rebelozer ben Kharsam. There was another great coin goddle called Rebelozer ben Kharsam. Sha'aslo ima kasonis mishte rivoi. She made him a linen garment of uh, 20,000 rubles or whatever, 20,000 uh, mana, mana. Okay. So that's, uh, that's unbelievable. That's off the charts. Uh, so, uh, so you would have thought, wow, what a mitzvah. What a uh, great uh, linen for such a uh, thing to do. But his fellow Kohanim wouldn't let him wear it. Why? Because he looked naked in this. It was almost sheer. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, it's not meant to, to show the coin guttles. When I guess when linen is very fine and very soft, um, uh, that was, uh, it reached a point where they felt it was not modest. They wouldn't let him wear it. I guess he had a backup to put on, right? In other words, like the, it almost sounds like he's getting ready to put it on, and they say, hold it, you know, they, uh, and they pulled out the, uh, now, how's it possible that it could be sheer? Valmar Kutin Kafu Shisha, with six strings. I mean, there was a, how do you, how, how, six strings? So, Omar Abai, Kachamra Mezuga. It's just like, um, uh, if you have a glass cup, you can see through the glass. So too, like uh, you can see through clothing if it's made a certain way. Well, I thought it was contours are close to the body, just like the wine is to the glass, touching it. And you see the shape of the, based on the contours. Oh, that's interesting. Um, Rashi says, mm-hmm. He says, like wine that you see outside the glass cleat. Now, even though the glass is very thick, some, you can still see the wine through the glass. In other words, if the, it's thick material. It's not the, the, they thought that you could see through it because there were holes in the, the garment. Was, sometimes you have clothing where there's spaces in between. He's saying it's not because there's spaces in between. Really, there were six threads, but, this garment, the, but the cloth was see-through. Like a clear linen, maybe. Like a clear linen. Yeah. Versus stretch material. Yeah. Yeah. Our rabbi says, so now we're on the subject of rich Kohanim Gedolim. Uh, and that was the, uh, and I mean, again, if you have lots of money to use, it's not a bad thing to spend it on the coin Gadol's garment on your kip. You know, if you have money to throw out, I mean, it's better to spend it on that than spend it on, you know, so, uh, I mean, uh, he couldn't wear it. It was so, and that was the, but it's, uh, that was what they spent it on. Right? Isn't it fitting? Because at least if he made it through one, it's a school to become wealthy because he did the guitars to, to show that the bracha came true. He spent money on the thing. On the second one. Okay. Well, the money, but he would have had to have spent the money beforehand. On the first one. Yeah. yeah. I understand. So now the more is going to give us a story about this rabbi. And uh, the reason why I said it was significant is that the Gomorrah in Megillah says the, uh, uh, we read uh, the curse on the Shabbos before uh, Shavuos because before a day of judgment, we read about the curses. And there's a concept that uh, we're always worried that we don't want to get to be judged that we need any curses. And uh, the, but the problem is that sometimes a Kodesh Baruch Hu in his great wisdom feels that it's useful to have uh, life has some difficulties that we'll experience. So there's a concept that by reading and learning the Torah of the curses, we can ask Hashem that if for whatever reason we had to know any trouble, we should have fulfilled it by reading it and not have to have any requirements of any curses in the upcoming year. 
That's the idea of, of reading the curses before uh, the Day of Judgment. And so just like before Rosh Hashanah, we read the curses, we also read them before Shavuos. So then the Gemara has a great question, Shavuos isn't Rosh Hashanah, is it? And the Gemara says, yes, it is. Shavuos is a day of judgment. Uh, but we're not used to being, you know, it's not, we're not used to thinking of it as being a day of judgment. What exactly are we judged on, especially if we were judged on Rosh Hashanah? So that's what some people say, yes. Uh, so other people, uh, it's not so clear. It's really, everything about Shavuos is a mystery. Take study, because it's really, even the, the Torah doesn't talk about Matan Torah on Shavuos, right? It's really, and, and there's a debate about what day it is, actually. Like, it's, a, it's very interesting, the whole concept of Shavuos. But uh, many people learn that it's a day of judgment on Torah study. Um, and that's why we stay up, and that's why we learn. So now Gemara is going to talk about judgment on Torah study, which is, again, fascinating. It comes out right now as we get ready for Shavuos. So Anivash of Russia. There's three sets of people that are going to be judged. The poor person, the rich person, and the wealthy person. Bo and Ladin. And they're going to come in front... And the wicked person. And the wicked person thing. What did I say? I said the holy, or the wicked person, thank you. Ladin. They are going to stand in front of judgment. The ani to the poor person, Amrlo. They're going to say to him, Why didn't you busy yourself with Torah? By the way, it doesn't say you didn't learn Torah. Osak means that you're supposed to make yourself busy with it, involved in it. So the Imomer Aniani, well, his, his defense attorney is going to say, Well, I was poor. And I had to work hard to find food. Who had time for Torah? Do you think you were poorer than the great sage Hillel? And he managed to have time to learn Torah. That's no excuse. What's the story on Hillel? How do you know he was poor? They said, it's interesting, before we said Hillel, now we say Hillel. I wonder if he was poor his whole life. Even after he was famous, right? Every day, sounds like he was a manual labor. He was a day labor. He so would. Maybe hmm. means it wasn't the later Hillel who made the calendar. This is and he the Hillel. Even the greatest tzaddik, Hillel Azakin, even he, you know. Uh-huh, but why didn't we say it first? Omar love al Hillel Azakin. Good. Yeah, yeah. So they said a hill. So he used to make a tarpik. Tarpik was not very much money. A tarpik a day. Half of it he would pay to the doorman. Apparently, in order to get in the base medrash, you had to pay, uh, um, you know, the, uh, the uh, people paid their own way. The, um, they, the Chazal were very much, now, he was the leader of the Jewish people. Couldn't people give him money? Of course they could. But uh, in earlier times, people valued uh, living off their own uh, hands, not taking gifts from others. To, to the point, even the study hall that they went in, they paid for it. it was, the cost of the study hall was covered by all the people who, uh, who, who went there. Revolti had a pushka that you're supposed to put something in before they give shir to appreciate, appreciate the value of what you're getting. Really? Yeah. Interesting. You, in Muscle, you got a thing you're supposed to put in. Okay. He didn't ask how much you put in, but to appreciate okay. that which you're, you're the value yeah. you're paying, something you're paying for, you're not getting, you know, uh-huh. just going in. I see. Very good. So, yeah, that's what they did. So you used to have to give half. But this was a tough one. If you didn't give enough, they wouldn't let you in. <laughs> that was a little different. So, um, was this Shomer like a police officer, literally? Oh, so that's also interesting. Um, so the thing is, they had their base medrash. It was at night, and it was outside the city. 
So maybe they needed a shomer, like to, to guard them, you know, yeah, like they're real guard or something. So, but anyway, shomer beis and the other half that was to support his family. One time they didn't find enough, he didn't get enough, he couldn't find work. Now it sounds like he wanted to get in anyway. I'll pay you tomorrow, you know. No, they wouldn't let him in. So uh, he hung there. He climbed on the roof. It doesn't say he did, but he must have climbed on the roof. And he hung there. And he stood, he stood in the skylight. Uh, he sat on the skylight. Because he wanted to hear the words of the living God. That's how much he valued the Torah. It was like words of Hashem. Omer Hayom. Now, what day was that? Erev Shabbos. That was Erev Shabbos. This was Friday night. Most people say it was like after the meal. Uh, they used to, it, it wasn't long ago where people used to learn Friday night. That after the meal, they would go to shul and they would learn all night. And many cities in Europe had that where people would, during the week they worked. And so Friday night was the time to go learn. Uh, so this was Erev Shabbos. Tevis, and it was the winter time. And uh, it was a heavenly snow. Uh, what, is it, what does it mean it was heavenly? I guess they, it was more than expected. It was colder than expected. Uh, and then when they came to morning time, they, they didn't notice it at night because it was dark. How would you notice somebody up there? But all of a sudden in the morning, every morning they're used to uh, getting ready to daven and the light comes in. And they say, My brother Avtalyan. He says, every day, the study hall, the lights go on. Vahayom, awful. Today, it's still dark in here. Shema yom uninhu. You think it's still cloudy? Now, why would it not be cloudy if it was snowing last night? So maybe that's because it wasn't, it, it really wasn't a cloudy day. They weren't expecting the snow. So So they did a hitzitzu. They did a very, like they stared at it. They were try- In other words, they, if you, they, they got a good look at the light and they saw that there was the form of a person in the skylight. Umatso, I, I, don't wonder, I don't know if they had glass in those days. I wonder what it looked like. You know, was it a hole? Like, what exactly was it? But they see a person. There was three amas of snow on top of him. So Pirchu, uh, they, uh, they brought him down. It sounds like that he couldn't move. If you have three amas of snow on you, I, I don't know, you're buried. Four and a half feet, right? right. It's uh, pretty rough to... Why didn't Hill get up when he was getting snowed on? He didn't want to miss any of the, of the shear. It was an all-night shear. Um, now, uh, yeah. So apparently the... Uh, Everybody else has been in the study hall all night, so they didn't realize that it snowed all night. Right. And it's dark, so the snow would have done it. Right, right. That would have... But maybe that was darker on part of it, you yeah. know, because there was it was more dense for the hill part. Especially if it was Menes Shemaim, right, right. That's true. So uh, they brought him down and they washed him. We don't usually bathe on Shabbos. Apparently, if a person is, uh, yeah, um, well, let's see, the, if a person is frozen, it's good to give him like a warm bath or the limbs. And they gave him the nice oil massage. And they let him sit opposite the, the fire. 
Now, apparently this involved in, uh, violating the Shabbos. These are things we don't always do on Shabbos. Some people say these were only rabbinic things, but Omer Roy Shabbos. So they asked, so they said that a person like that will machal Shabbos. So they asked the question, aren't, wouldn't you do this for anyone? Was it only for Hillel? Um, so some people say that maybe uh, if somebody else did it and they were foolish, maybe you don't, you know, uh, you're not, you know, why would you lie out in the snow? You know, maybe you don't. Um, if a person like commits suicide or does reckless things, uh, would you? But Hillel, it's uh, he 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 didn't he wasn't reckless. He just was so it was so important for him to get words of Torah that he couldn't uh, he couldn't get up in the middle. Even though a normal person, if it started snowing, I guess would have decided, well, I can't stay here; it's dangerous. Whereas Hillel was so in Torah, he couldn't help himself. It's an interesting gemara. Okay, Usher Amrila. If you're a wealthy person, when they get up there, they're going to they're going to ask you, why didn't you learn Torah? He said, well, I ran big businesses. I had to be in charge of all my property. I had no time. Were you any wealthier? Now, this is why we brought the story, because it's Rebbe Lazar was the, the kind gather with the fancy linens. Omar Allah, now, now, what do you see from Ebelazar? Why wasn't he also uh, busy running his empire? So it says in Ebelazar, uh, uh, Now, how did he get so rich, by the way? Um, I'm wondering if the Gemara tells you, normally, if you're not involved in the business, you wouldn't be able to get so rich. The answer is he inherited it. He had a thousand cities that he was, he was given to collect the tax, and he had a thousand ships at sea bringing in money. And every single day, and uh, he would bring, uh, he would, uh, what do you call it, bring the sandwich, uh, the, the, the brown bag, he would bring in a sandwich every day to work, a lunch pail. And instead of being in charge of all these cities, he would just um, take a little bit of food and go learn Torah. One time it happened where his own servants found him, and they put him to work, uh, meaning that the, the people of the city were required, everybody had to pay their taxes, and if you didn't have any money, your taxes were, you had to work. So they put him to work, and he told them, well, I'm, uh, I'm Rebel Lazar, and they said uh, they didn't believe him. Yeah, sure you are. Sure you are, right, everybody says that. So, uh, the, but what do you see? You see that they didn't even recognize their boss because he did not involve himself in the business. He said, uh, sorry guys, I got to go. Uh, um, and they said, we swear by we're loyal to our boss. Um, he, he never met them, even though they were his worker. He learned day and night. There is a Rashi on that. Anagria Rashi Avodis. Sara ear. You have to work for the, the head of the city of Avodas Atzmohais. He was working for himself. They thought he was a resident of the town. That you're required to work for the town. Uh, they didn't realize that uh, there's another version that he gave them money to let him go. There's a, that's another version in the Gemara. Okay. Russia, if you're a wicked resident of the Maya, why did you learn Torah? So, Imam, now how you see the Torah so a person might claim, it wasn't my fault. I was born very handsome, and uh, the women were throwing themselves at me. So, and it's, how do you expect a person to 
turn that down if it's uh, they they're constantly being confronted with uh, uh, that kind of uh, yitzhara. So Amr Klum no Hayisi, you think you were more handsome than Yosef? Amr picked Tanayim for the first two, and then a person in the Chumash for the last one. Again, Rabbi Yochanan was a handsome person. I mean, they're they're handsome Tanayim. Uh, do or we have, then, were there rich, uh, rich, rich and poor uh, of us? That's a good. Both, yeah. That's a good. I don't know. I didn't think about that. Okay. Amar lava Yosef It says that uh, every single day, Ashes Potifero Meshadu There is another Chazal, by the way, that uh, the Egyptians, um, that his master wanted to um, uh, sodomize him, uh, and so in order that it, that wouldn't happen, so Hashem. Uh, neutered him. Uh, that's, uh, there's a Pusik that says that his master became a Saris. He was called a Saris. A eunuch. A eunuch him. And so, therefore, his wife would have been very um, lonely, so to speak. But that led, so it says that Potiphera, the wife of Potiphera, Meshadlo uh, Bidvorim, um, she tried very hard to get him to agree. But God in Shalosh Shalosh so she thought that perhaps her outfit didn't work. So the clothing that she wore in the morning, love Shalom Arvis, she didn't wear in the evening. So she kept changing, getting more beautiful outfits to try to attract him. Oh, it's like the coin. Yeah. Um, other, others say, like, she was always, the Yetzirah always tries a different technique. She thought somehow she would get him. And she never repeated. She always tried a new tactic. She said to him, listen to me. He said, no. If you don't listen to me, I'll have you locked up. I don't know why he had to answer her. But he said, Shem will take me out of jail. Uh, so then she said, I'm going to lower you down. I'm going to have you lowered. Hashem's okay kafufim. Hashem picks up the bet. Harain, I'm going to blind you. Hashem pokei kivrim. Hashem gives light. Nosnu lo elif kikre kesef. So she bribed him. She gave him a thousand silver talents. Lishmoyela to listen to her. Lishkovetzlo. Some people say even she told him you won't have to sin with me. Just sit next to me. Liosima velo rutz l'shayim. Lishkovetzlo. He refused. Because uh, if he would have lied with her in this world, guess what? In the future, he would have been buddies with her in Gehenna. So uh, the, uh, the bottom line is, the, um, uh, the person can't say that they were more challenged by their Yetzirah, they had no hope. You see that there were uh, people could have overcome. Hillel uh, 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 people will not be able to get the excuse that they were too poor to learn from Hillel. You can't say you were too rich to learn from Elazar ben Karsum. And Yosef And the wicked uh, who say, my Yetzirah was too strong. I was trying too hard to get me. And how could I refuse? Uh, all of these people will um, uh, will be mechaiv them. Will show that if you... People, the, at the end of the day, people can't make excuses. Uh, that a person should should just, should just try to uh, should try to learn Torah. And not uh, some people assume that they will have a defense, that they have the excuse, and that's what we're saying. Excuses don't always work. Okay, one final mission. So the kind Gadol then brought they brought him to the cow. Uparo Ahmed ben Ulam is and where was the cow standing? 
So it was in between the interchamber and the altar. Roshu Ladorum, the head was to the south, Upanav Lamarv, the face was to the west, Vakoin Omer, and he was standing to the east, Upanara, he was facing the west. Again, the, the positioning of everything was charted out. he put his two hands on the cow, Mizvada. And he said the Vida, this is from the Yom Kippur Davening. Hayu Omer. And this is what he said. Anna Hashem. Uh it call out to Hashem Ivisi. Now um um uh, the uh the, we're, we're going to see there's a view that it's whether Ana Hashem, let's see Tosus, Ana Hashem Rishami Yesh, Rishon Omer Ana Hashem, or Bishnina Ana Bishem. Is it Hashem or Bishem? Uh, look in your maxer. Okay. So um, now when you confess a sin, you, uh, you should confess, uh, even don't hold back, even confess the worst. Uh, so even though some sins are, weren't, uh, he didn't mean it. Uh, when he confesses, he says, I, I, I admit it, I did the ones on purpose. Evisi, Peshati, Chatosi, Lefanecha. I did it, Ani Ubeisi, I did it, Ana Hashem. Kapar Nalavonas, forgive the sins, Upeshoim, Bukatoim. So on, when you come to the forgiveness, first you forgive the ones that were not uh, on purpose. Forgive the Avonas, and the Peshoim, Bukatoim, Shavisi, Shepeshati, Chatosi, Lefanecha. It's a question how the order works here. Now, why should Hashem do it? And he says, because it says in your Torah, and when the people would hear him pronounce Hashem's name in the base of Mikdush, they would say, Okay, we'll stop here.